1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. But there was still that that desire, that passion to create content, um, family-friendly content that still had that exciting, uh, just going after big fish, going mm-hmm. chasing fish, telling that whole story, bringing the pages of the captain's log to life. And so that was always in the back of my head. Hey, I'm Captain Jonathan Moss. I'm host of the Captain's Log TV, and this is the Tom Rowland Podcast. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast this week. We've got a really good one for you. Um, Captain's Log TV, hosted by Jonathan Moss, is a very good TV show. It's on Waypoint, and uh, Jonathan is a really cool guy. I've gotten to know him over the last year or so, um, and we share a, um, uh, a an affinity for working out in a dirty parking lot. Jonathan um, came to all of the ICAST workouts, and we uh, did a deck of cards in the parking lot. Uh, Many people decided that wasn't good for them, but when I say it was a dirty parking lot, it was a dirty parking lot. When we walked back to the hotel, I go up to the room, I get in the shower. It looked like I had just gone to the beach. There was sand and dirt and grit everywhere. Um, Somehow, that's how I like to have fun before I have to do things all day long. Jonathan tends to agree, uh, which I find uh, kind of funny. Um, But thanks for everybody that came out to those workouts. We'll do them again next year at ICAST. And this is going to be a great show uh, with Jonathan Moss about how he got his TV show started, how he decided on the direction, the the um, difficulties he's had with it, the challenges that he's overcome, his work ethic, and really his mindset and uh, in, in going in and, and developing uh, a TV show, all while holding on to another job and um, a guide career and a family. 
with young children at home and another one on the way. Uh, so it's very interesting. I really enjoyed this podcast. Jonathan's a cool dude, and I think you're going to really like it. One of the things that I want to talk to you about today is um, some of the things that we've got going on. We've got all kinds of stuff happening, lots of new podcasts, lots of new content being created every single week. Um, you can see all of that at saltwaterexperience.com. You can also go to the uh, website, uh, tomrolandpodcast.com. Uh, both of those are kind of where we keep everything. And um, you can see articles about each podcast. You can also sign up to be on a mailing list where we can um, let you know about uh, all the new content that's created. We send one email a week. And um, if you go to saltwaterexperience.com, you can sign up for the mailing list. That's also where we tell you about things like the Hawks K giveaway that we are still doing. It's a really big giveaway. It's the biggest one we've ever done. It is uh, four nights or four days, three nights, uh, at Hawks K Resort in the beautiful Florida Keys. You also have uh, Fishing with Saltwater Experience. Hawks K is throwing in uh, dinner at the Angler and Ale. Uh, and all kinds of other sponsors are throwing in things like Tackle Direct has a gift card. Hook has a $1,000 gift card. Yeti's throwing in some luggage. We've got a, a battery charger from Lithium Pros. Lawrence is throwing in a, a GPS unit. It's over $6,000 worth of uh, equipment and fun. And I hope you win. You, you have to go to, uh, you can enter it in two different ways. You can go to saltwaterexperience.com and you can, we'll put the link below or you can go directly to tackledirect.tv and you can enter there. Um, either way is fine, but we'd love to have you enter. I hope you win. Then there's another thing that has been uh, increasing in popularity, something that I find quite interesting. I love mindset. I love quotes. I love to read books about uh, people who have been successful and maybe take one little lesson or one little quote from that book and apply it to my life or, or really remember it in a time that I really need it. And so Mindset Monday is something that I have put out. I've collected um, several hundred of my favorite quotes and then written a little commentary about that quote. It's 400 characters or less, so it's not a real big investment on your part. But if you are like me and you like to get a little motivation, maybe at a time that you really need it most, like about 9, 10 a.m. on a Monday morning, um, then you can subscribe to the text thread, the community text that we have for Mindset Monday, and it's very easy. You text the word mindset, M-I-N-D-S-E-T, one word. You text that to 305-930-7346, 305-930-7346. You just text the word mindset. Uh, once you text that in there, you'll get a response back almost immediately that will ask you to click this link. You enter your name and whatever information it asks for, and boom, you're in. You'll get a you'll get a, um, a, a confirmation. It'll say, you know, here you go. Stand by Monday. Stand by for Mindset Monday. It's coming your way or something like that. And then every Monday at nine ten a.m., you'll get. In 400 characters or less, a little bit of motivation. And this is the one that was this Monday. Um, there is no elevator success to success. You'll have to take the stairs. And that's a quote by Zig Ziglar. 
And I wrote in there, my commentary to that is, yep, and you'll probably have to do it one step at a time. Stop looking for shortcuts and do the work necessary to achieve what it is that you want. No one or no thing is going to rise you to the top. Take the stairs and enjoy the process. Make small gains every single day and you will make it to the top. And that is a perfect segue to this podcast with Jonathan Moss, who has done just that. All right. Here we go with Jonathan. Jonathan, what's going on? Sup, buddy? How are you, my friend? Man, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Nice to have you on the show. I really appreciate you doing this. Yes, sir. It's good to spend time with you where we're not working out. We're not talking <laughs> business. We're just hanging out as buddies, man. It's awesome. Right on. So uh, Jonathan was one of the, I mean, last time I saw you, we were working out in a dirty parking lot at, at ICAST. Uh, you seem to have the the same uh, feeling about it that I do. I like rolling around in a dirty parking lot for some reason. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why, but uh, we had three uh Fantastic workouts, man, with uh with a bunch of people that showed up. It was really it was really fun. That was that was cool. It was a great time. And I tell you, when you think about working out at 6 a.m. in a parking lot, you're gonna get two reactions from people. Either one, yes, let's do it, or number two, man, you're crazy. What are you doing? (laughs) You either love it or you hate it, brother. That's right. That's right. Well, for me, it it helps to start the day. Like I just I just start the day with with uh movement of some sort and and it's way better for me. Um, but captain's log, man, what, tell me about, tell me about your, your journey to, to starting your, your show. Wow. That journey started 2012. I was down in Alamrata. Uh, actually, no, excuse me. I was down in marathon fishing the vodka cut and we were filming, we were catching tarpon. And I just had this idea of, man, we need a place to capture these videos, create videos and put these videos and then write stories about it. And so go castaway was that solution, that answer. And so we created GoCastaway.com, and it was a, a blog and a, and a video spot for people to go and read stories and watch videos of fishing and hunting and camping and the outdoors. Um, but it took a lot of work. It took a lot of efforts uh, I was a, at that time I was a full-time teacher. So I was, I, my time was very divided, uh, but there was still this, this passion, this, this desire to create content from there. Uh, we did that for a few years, me and some buddies from there, it blossomed to go castaway became my fishing charter company, go castaway fishing charters. And my focus with fishing was less on the content creation side, but more of the business of creating a, uh, a fishing charter and a successful charter company. But there was still that, that desire, that passion to create content, um, family-friendly content that still had that exciting, uh, just going after big fish, going mm-hmm. chasing fish, telling that whole story, bringing the pages of the captain's log to life. And so that was always in the back of my head started filming, um, started really praying about it, thinking about it. And I, I met a guy at church who, um, I had no, I, I know nothing about the film side, the technical side, the, the, the big cameras, the big, uh, equipment that wasn't me. I was more of the, the smaller side mm-hmm. using GoPros yeah. filming with our phones. That's how we started. And so I was looking for somebody who was not only passionate about fishing, uh, but passionate about filming. Because if, when you're passionate about the filming side, when that's what gets you excited, that's the teammate I was looking 
before. And I found that guy. Timing, though, wasn't great. We worked hard for a year and a half. We, we filmed five or six different episodes but we never were able to put it together. And in my head, I was having this internal battle, like, why is this not working? And really praying about it. But at the same time, there was this guy, another guy who was honing his skills, learning the camera, learning the trade of running a camera and editing. And a year and a half, two years later, I met Jack, who is our main uh, camera guy and our main editor. So it wasn't great timing for me, but it was God kind of putting this, this ball in rolling in motion. And two years later, I connected with Jack. We started filming and editing videos. We pitched the show to Waypoint. Um, and the next thing you know, we're, we're on Waypoint and we've released now we are just over a year old. Uh, we've released over 20, we've released 21 episodes, wow. two seasons in a year. Um, we hit the ground running. We were consistent releasing every other week for both season one and season two, which we felt was a, just extremely important to be, continue to be consistent for our, our viewers, consistent for Waypoint, consistent for our sponsors. Um, it's been a crazy journey. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> season one event, I reached out to you uh, as soon as we got on Waypoint. And to be transparent, I had no idea that you were involved with Waypoint. I thought you were just a host of a show and a podcast that just happened to be on Waypoint. Yeah. And I, I had just listened to one of your uh, podcasts. Um, I'm going blank on the guy, but it was about sponsorship. Huh. I asked you some questions and, and told you that season one was fully funded by my wife and I. Um, we didn't, I didn't have a product and I didn't want to ask companies, though I had great relationships with a lot of companies, I didn't want to ask companies for financial support for a product I couldn't show them. Huh. Uh, season one was a, just about let's create a product and let's create the best product we can possibly make with the budget we have and then grow from there. And that that worked out very well for us. So it's it's been exciting. Season two was crazy. We went to our furthest locations as far south as Key West, as far northwest as uh, Louisiana. And uh, both of those trips ended up requiring extra days because of weather, of course, extra trips, just, we had, a, we had issues, but that's part of filming a TV show. Uh, but the learning experience from both of those, from both seasons, uh, man, it just, I'm passionate about it. I'm fired up about it. And being a full-time guide, I'm on the water 250 days a year. I don't get to fish very often. So I, what I get the most from, from people on social media and the messages I get uh, are you really that excited about catching the fish? <laughs> Heck yeah, I'm excited, man. I never get to catch these fish. So being that opportunity, I tell people, I tell my friends all the time, if you want to, if you're a full-time guy and you want to go fishing more often, start a fishing show so then you can go fishing more often. <laughs> Dude, that's the hardest way. Maybe take a day <laughs> off. Uh, take a day off and just go. It'll be cheaper and easier and, uh, cheaper and easier. way easier on the family too, I'm sure. Which is something that I wanted to ask you about because, man, I remember when we were first starting our, our show, definitely right in the same in the same ballpark, we were fishing tournaments. We were, had a 300 day a year guide schedule and we're trying to start a TV show. Meanwhile, I have two babies at home trying to do that. And I remember those, those days, it was extremely stressful. It was a real delicate balance. And the, the thing that fell away for me, you know, there's always some sort of compromise. You got to give up something. And for me, that was sleep. 
I mean, I yeah. just didn't sleep for years. Like you just don't sleep. And so what, what has that process been like for you as you're trying to start this? I know you've got kids and, and what, what has that been like? So I'm, I'm, I'm so blessed. I'm married to an incredible woman. Uh, I love fishing so much that I married a girl named Brooke. She's named after fish and water. So that worked <laughs> out well. Uh, Brooke is incredibly, incredibly supportive. Uh, I could not do this without her, her backing. Um, she's a stay-at-home mom. We have a uh, little Dieter. He's a year and a half old. And she, Brooke is pregnant with uh, another baby boy who's due in November. So the benefit of them being so young is it helps me being gone. It's I'm not missing a ton, yeah. but I am missing them being little. Yeah. I mean, so you're definitely for sure. <laughs> like I'm, I'm with you a hundred percent there. Like there is a time when they're really little that, that may be the best time away. I mean, there's not a good time to be away. But it's not a good time away. Like but. that's what my wife and I decided is, is when, when we were in that same situation, it was like, and, and with rich too, rich didn't have kids when we first started, but he does now. And we kind of decided, okay, how's the best way to, to film this show that causes the least family disturbance. And that was, you know what, you just got to go and do it all at once. So yeah. we would, I mean, there were a couple of seasons where we we would just mark off a month and we would fish and film every single day. And we would get the whole, the whole shebang all at once, one day after another. And that was also stressful. We don't do it like that anymore. <laughs> we don't have to. Um, but uh, man, when you have to do it like that, that is tricky. That is tricky. Well, we try, we're not filming a whole month at a time. We try though. And this is very, I, I, I was, telling uh, some friends the other day, this is the hardest game of Tetris I've ever played because you're, you're booking with fishing guides. You know, the name of the show is the captain's lock. So I'm fishing with other captains 90% of the time. So I'm trying to get on their calendar. Plus I'm also a fishing guide. So I'm trying to arrange my calendar. Plus we got to add in all the camera crew and then pray that we have right weather. Right. Uh, so it is, it is definitely a challenge. And so one thing we'd like to do is to make the most of a trip. So if we're heading South and I'm going to go fish, I'm we're based in central Florida. So if I'm going to fish the keys, then let's try to make a couple of stops on the way there in mm. Fort Lauderdale for an offshore trip, Miami for peacocks or Biscayne Bay, and then work our way down the keys. Uh, if we can do that, then we're making the most of a trip. I'm paying my guys uh, for a weekend, as opposed to several weekends or, uh, I'm, it's just, it's just a whole lot easier. Now, the hard part about that is the logistics with getting the weather to line up with the days you're on the water, because hmm. if you're scheduled to fish Thursday, Friday, Saturday, three different locations and Thursday is not looking great. You, you're stuck. You got to go on to Friday and Saturday. So. Yeah. Well, you know, the, 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 the weather loves cameras and fishing tournaments <laughs> it, and, and super important charters. Like those are, those are the, the three things that make the wind blow more than anything yep. else. And yep. uh, I mean, we have, we have certainly been, been fortunate to have some really nice days that we've been out there, but the, the bad days severely outnumber the good days and yep. you're out there on a normal day and you're just like, 
man, love to have the cameras out here today. Like this is, this is amazing. But you know, as, as this, you know, and that's really the difference. Um, one of the big differences between like what you were doing earlier with a GoPro and your phone, which you can basically do anytime, anytime the fishing's good, you're, you're, you're capturing that. But then you start to, to be like, okay, well, in order to get the, the production quality up, we need other people. And other people have lives and schedules and places that they need to be and other ways that they make a living. And when you're first getting these things started, you can't pay those people enough to be full time for you where they can just drop whatever they're going to. And you may never be able to like, I still don't do that. I don't have anybody that I can just be like, okay, let's go. We're, we're leaving for a month. Um, There's nobody (laughs) that we work with like that. Um, But it's a tricky little thing, man. Yeah. And going back to where I was saying about having people who are passionate about it, I'm very blessed that my camera team is passionate about filming. So that helps make it a little easier when I call the guys like for our, we did a, a, uh, our season two, we filmed in Louisiana. We filmed with uh, Captain Max McKinley and Max called me and said, Jonathan, you need to get here like right now. Can you be here tomorrow? Hmm. And I, I talked to my wife. She said, go, I call the camera guys. They said, we'll make it happen. So those situations do come up occasionally, but it's very difficult when all these schedules to pull somebody away. Thankfully though, I have guys that are like, they're ready to drop the ball because they're excited about the captain's log and creating this content and creating the show Mm -hmm. uh, for for you guys, for the viewers. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. At MidwayUSA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. You know, one of the underlying things that that we talk about on this show a lot and something that I'm always very interested in, because in my own experience, there was a time where, you know, like this thing's looking like it's about to happen or it could happen, but you've got a charter business, you've got family at home, you've got uh, other responsibilities, it's very expensive, all of the things that we've just talked about. And there becomes there there comes a time where you just have to say, I'm doing it. Like I'm doing it. And, and it's a very, it's like one of those things that it's kind of like, it's easy to do, but it's a lot easier not to do that, that you have to make this decision and you have to really go for it and, and accept all the consequences with what, what comes from it, whether that's success or failure or, or, or way more money than you ever imagined it was going to cost or whatever it was. I'd be interested to kind of know where that was with you. Um, and, and your wife too, like how, I mean, because I'm sure that there's a lot of conversation there. Um, yeah. but did you have that moment? Oh, oh yeah. And <laughs> listen, the, I don't approach anything without prayerfully considering it. 
And and sometimes, obviously, I don't pray about every little thing because then God's going to just gonna be like, no, bro, just just do it, go for it. But I really felt like this was a direction that I was being led to do. Go down this road of pursuing this this life goal, this passion of filming a TV show. And I remember the first day of filming, um, first episode, season one. Jack wouldn't answer his phone. I was freaking out. Like I can't get my camera crews not answering their phone. They're not, they're not responding. I'm almost there. I ran, we had several things were happening that morning where my credit card got compromised. I didn't have any cash. (laughs) My wife, we just had a baby. We had a month old baby. It was like five in the morning. I called my dad at five in the morning because my dad's always up at five in the morning. I was like, bro, I I need some money. I need a credit card. I need cash and whatever you got. Cause I got to get gas. I got to get food. I got to get all this stuff. Everything was just falling apart. And I remember I stopped it at a gas station right down, like a couple miles from the ramp. I'd never been in this place before. And I'm just praying, God, what are we doing here? If you want this to happen, I need you to open the doors. I need you to just be clear. If you don't want it to happen, man, just shut the door because I don't want to waste a bunch of time and money. Like this is so much invest in this. I don't want to waste the time and money. And I leave the gas station. I had the address of my phone and and my GPS goes, hang a left on follow your dreams parkway. <laughs> and I was like, what is, what? Follow Your Dreams Parkway was the name of the road. And uh, I took that as a sign. So <laughs> when things are tough, man, do just because you've been called to do something doesn't mean it's going to be easy, you know? No, and definitely every, not. Every step of the way, there are challenges. Um, but, man, it's just, it, that's what makes it better. That's what makes it the most fulfilling is even though it was difficult, even though it was tough, you lowered your shoulders, you drove through it. And, and, and by trusting, putting your faith in God and trusting, man, it happened, it comes together. Mm. Uh, and again, it's not always easy. Um, but that's, I, I'm a sucker for hard work man. I like working hard. Where'd uh, you get that? My family. What, you know? and, and so what kind of family instills so that kind of work ethic? My my mom is Cuban and my dad's a redneck. So I'm half Cuban, half redneck. Sweet. <laughs> my, uh, hey, you could, I think there are rednecks in Cuba too. You could be a full, full blooded redneck Cuban. There is a, a, a thing as a Cuban redneck. Yeah. Uh, okay. So anyways, my grandparents had a grocery store in Cuba and that was completely taken away from them. Castro came in and, and I'm not trying to get political, but Castro came in and took everything. And my grandfather got on a plane, flew to America, got a job as a busboy. So I think he went from a business owner to a busboy. He didn't know English. He didn't have any friends or family here in Orlando. Um, He got a job. He ate leftovers off of people's plates, uh, off these plates that he was supposed to be cleaning from the tables. Um, Got an apartment, learned how to drive, wired money to my grandmother, and they my grandmother bought plane tickets for her, my aunt, my mom, and they got one of the last flights here, moved to America, didn't know any English, didn't know anybody. And the only thing they knew was you work. If you want to eat, you work. And that was how I was raised. My mom was raised that way. So my parents raised me that way. My, my dad came from a poor family and the only way you ate was you worked. And so that work ethic. I didn't have any other option, but Hey, you want to get something done? You work. And, uh, there's fulfillment in that. You know, I, I, I love working with my hands. I love whether that be working in the garden with our, with my wife or, or building something or tying flies, 
there's something rewarding about creating something with your hands. You know, for the fly guys, for the fly side, when you create a fly and you present that to a fish and you watch that fish eat something you created, that you worked on, that you created, made, that's, dude, that's awesome. So that's, that's where this whole thing came from was my grandparents. I couldn't, I wouldn't be the, the man I am if it wasn't for the way my mom was raised, my dad was raised, which ended up leading the way I was raised. And so uh, I owe a lot to my family and that's, I'm very, I'm very blessed with the family I have. It's so interesting because like, as I go down these stories about, you know, the moment that people decide that they're going to, going to jump or the burn, burn the boats moment or the moment that, 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 you know, you really make a commitment or whatever. They're always also, comes to some sort of a story like that, like something that at an initial reaction could be perceived as a weakness. Like, well, you, 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 you had your, you had your entire business taken away from you. You come back over to America, you have nothing. That's, that's a weakness, right? Like that is that a lot of people could be like, you know, oh, it's somebody else's fault. This is the, the, you know, this is a weakness, but this weakness becomes the strength, like because of the work ethic, because, you know, if you want to eat, you got to work. And and then that gets passed on to you and that gets passed on to your whole family. And then that weakness becomes the greatest strength that you may ever have. Or, you know, initially it doesn't seem like a strength or, I mean, you're, you're kind of like, well, you know, I just have to go to work. You don't even realize it. Like there's no money, you don't have any money. So that's kind of a weakness. And then, then that becomes a strength like of, of work ethic. And it's very interesting. I, I, I see this all the time, even enough to where, where I'm like, weakness is strength. There's something to that. Like whatever you perceive as your greatest weakness, if you work on it long enough and hard enough, it will become your greatest strength. And I mean, would you consider like your work ethic, um, to have benefited you outside of, of, of developing the show and getting it started. And like, how else in your life has that, has that benefited you? When I first started guiding, um, so I used to be a teacher. I used to be an elementary school PE teacher and that was great. That teaching allowed me to live the life I want to live. I, I work from eight to three every day. I would take my, my boat to school. I'd get out of school early enough where I could just go straight to the water and fish. Um, I was off for the summer. I became a teacher for three reasons, June, July, and August, having all summer. (laughs) So, um, that led to, um, with the work side, with the work ethic side, that led to me being, wanting to become a fishing guide. Uh, I got tired of the politics of teaching and went into becoming a fishing guide. Well, when you're a brand new fishing guide, you don't get calls. You're, you're brand new. So you can do all the SEO you want, but your name doesn't just pop up on, on the internet. Okay. It takes time, um, to become a fishing guide. I knew that I needed a new boat. Uh, and so I started praying about work and, and I was working Monday to Friday at school, but I needed extra work. I started playing guitar and singing at different restaurants around Orlando. So I was working every day. Uh, and playing a year and guitar a half- and singing at restaurants. I mean, I'm not letting you just gloss over that one. So <laughs> what, what kind of, what kind of music do you play when you, when you do this, you just, when you just I go in there. Do- like, like what, 
like there's a, you know, I was walking past somebody doing this the other day and they, they, and I'm not saying this is what you were doing, but this guy just had a, you know, a hat out there and, but he was like another level up. Like this guy really had some talent. He had a speaker and it was really loud. And I was like, I don't think that guy needs to do this. I think he's doing that because he wants the experience of getting in front of people and he wants this practice and he wants to, to, you know, get in these uncomfortable situations of just playing the guitar on a bridge and he's getting better because he's obviously, you know, he was dressed nice. He has this, this big speaker. The other people that are doing this are, you can tell like that guy needs to do this. That guy wants to do this. He's doing that for a different reason. So at what, what point do you like, how do you do that? Like you're, you're playing at bars and restaurants and stuff like that, but would you ever see a, a situation where you would just start playing just for the experience of it? No, I, I never did that. I didn't, <laughs> but would you, would you, would you, would <laughs> you so though? The way it's, we got started is we started playing at open mic nights. Um, just so we could build relationships with these bars and restaurants and say, Hey, I know you're, you're, you like having people here playing music, but you have all these random people showing up. How about us? We can come and play on Friday and Saturday night. And here's what it costs. Here's what it's going to look like. But we are consistent. We're going to be there every week. And instead of you not knowing what we're going to sing or play or who's going to come up next, they could be terrible. You never know for an open mic night. So that's how we kind of got our foot in the door. Um, and the next thing you know, I'm, I'm playing 12, 15 times a month. Wow. Orlando. What kind of music do you play? It was, so I had a duo. So I was either playing guitar and singing, or I was playing the mandolin and singing. Uh, we had a drum box, a caught a cajon. So I'd sit on that and we'd play and we would just bounce off each other. Uh, but we played. So who's the partner in this, a, a female or a male? No, another guy, his name is Patrick, and he is way better at guitar than me. So it made me look good, and he was good at singing harmonies. So we could, we just, we sounded good for the, for what we had, for just having two guys and, and a couple of guitars. Uh, but we played oldies all the way to new stuff. Like we even, we, we joke and say we, we'd play anything. We'd cover P Katy Perry all the way to the Beach Boys, to Kenny Chesney to the Foo Fighters. Like we were all over the place and we would make it our own. And that's why people, people liked it. Uh, but they paid us, they paid us, man, that we played one year for a whole solid year. We played at a restaurant and I feel like we robbed them. Like they paid wow. us so much money and they fed us. We had a steak. We played Friday and Saturday nights and they'd feed us a steak dinner uh, with two sides wow. and a salad with a chicken breast on it. Every Friday, wow. Saturday, I'd order. so I would order that food. I'd eat the salad uh, for dinner while I was there, and then I would cut the steak in half, and I'd have steak for lunch uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So I eat that. So I was saving so much money, <laughs> so I could put all that extra income um, towards but me buying a new skiff. But yeah, we played all over the place, man. We we played so much when summer break hit. Uh, at school, there was not a happier person at school than this guy because I was so ready for a day off and the opportunity to go fishing. I was still fishing. Um, I was fishing every Saturday morning. Um, I'd sing till about midnight and then I'd be up at four and I'd go fishing. I'd come back probably two, three in the afternoon, take a shower, pack the truck and go back and play music till midnight and then go to church the next morning. I'd play at church. And then there was a taco shop not far from the church. And I'd play the taco, uh, the lunch hour at the taco shop. And, uh, 
we played ice cream parlors. We played Dang. everything you think of. Uh, grand openings, birthday parties. Uh, we were all over the place, but it was that was that was the goal. That's what I needed to do to get the money to buy a brand new skin. Right. I paid cash for my boat, and I did that for a reason because I didn't want to start a business and be broke. Right. Um, so I got my skiff. I started guiding, um, but I was still teaching that first year of guiding because I didn't have any money. So, and no one knew me. My phone wasn't going to ring. Right. So going back to where this all started from was the work ethic and, and the drive. No matter what you, you're doing, no matter what the industry, um, what you put into it, your drive, your passion, your determination, that's going to determine your success. It does again, it doesn't mean it's always going to be easy going towards if you want to talk about working out. If you want to deadlift 400, 405, four plates, you have to work through that, getting, building up the weight and doing the reps, putting in the reps before you can pick up that weight. That's a lot of weight. That's a lot of weight for me. For me some too. People, a lot of weight. <laughs> but it takes time and effort and energy and working to get to that goal. I'm a goal oriented person. And so part of accomplishing your goal is working hard and going after it and not quitting when it's tough. Yeah. It's a mental game. It's a huge mental game. Yeah. That's awesome though, man. The, the, the whole background on music and just, that's a hustle, man. I mean, you were, you were literally, you were hustling. So who, who, uh, who booked all those trips? Would you and your partner just both be like, Hey, I got a birthday party. Let's do it. Yeah. I, I did all the booking. Um, he was a college student at the time. So he had a lot more free time, uh, which is why he's way better at guitar than I am. Um, but Truthfully, man, it, it just, God was opening the doors. We would, we would play, we'd be playing somewhere. And, uh, I remember we were playing at this restaurant and this guy walked by us and I'm always, you're, you're playing. So you're paying attention. You're, you're playing the same restaurants a lot. You, you're always looking for something to, to make it feel different. And this guy walked by, we finished the song and this lady ran up to us. She's like, Hey, that was my husband. He's going to the bathroom. Here's my number. Give me a call. I want to book you guys for a birthday party. So stuff like that happened all the time. And then she <laughs> ran back to her table because she didn't want her husband to know. Um, but that's just kind of how it worked. You know, you, we just, doors were opening for us. And the funny thing is the crazy part, as soon as I got my boat, I needed a break. Um, as all the doors shut. It was the craziest thing. It's I was praying for extra work. I was praying for extra money. And as soon as I got the boat, the door shut. And I went from playing. What do you mean the door shut? Like I, the, all the bars and restaurants we played at, just a lot of them called and said, hey, so we're going to take a break. We were spending a lot of money on music. And so we're going to take a break and just play house music for a while. And I wasn't upset about it. I needed, I needed a break. Um, so I went from you know playing 12, 15 times a month to like once a week four times a month. Wow. Um, and did that all through guiding until I even, even when I got married, I was still doing it. Um, which made it tough because it was extra money and we could, we needed it. And, um, but you know, when you're working Monday to Friday and your my wife was working Monday to Friday, the last thing I wanted to do Friday night was go play for people. I right. wanted to spend time with my wife. Right. So she spent, we spent a lot of time at, at different restaurants, she'd come and just sit and watch. And she's my biggest fan. Always. She still is my biggest fan. Nice. Um, so now, now I don't play anymore. I play at church, uh, occasionally, but other than that, uh, I'm not playing much music anymore. Right. Well, with your partner that you were playing with, did you guys have a, a conversation to be like, man, 
I will play anything. You get us any paying gig and I'm in. Like, because yep. that's not, you know, and, and you can say that about guiding. You can say that about anything. Like, there are some people that are like, look, man, if it's not a fly fisherman that's really good, I don't want to take them. Like, no. I'd rather just sit at home and do nothing. But then there's some other guy that's like, listen, man, you get me a paying trip and I'm down. I will take people to fish for pinfish. Uh, I will I will fish for uh, lizard fish. I will take them offshore. I'll take them inshore. I will go to the Everglades. I'll go to the Marquesas. I will trailer to Orlando. Give me a trip. Like, how did yeah. that ha it sounds like that happened with the music like man we will play birthday parties we will play bar mitzvahs we will play whatever it, it, anything listen the ice cream place was the best <laughs> the ice the local cream ice cream place. shop they have they're blowing up all over central florida and so every time they would open a new shop they would book us and they'd book us for six hours that's wow. a lot a lot of music a lot of playing and singing but it was all the ice cream you could eat, man. So. <laughs> okay, that's a great transition to where we're going next to the fitness journey that you've been on because that's obviously where you gained your weight. <laughs> all the ice cream you could eat. <laughs> oh, man. It's, uh, the fitness thing is... Uh, I used to be a runner. You can't tell. I got the dad bod going. Um, the fitness thing was always a it's just fun. It's, it's, it's a mental game. It's how, especially with CrossFit. So I used to work out at a normal regular gym. Yeah. I don't know what you can call it, but a normal, just like a PF gym or yeah. 24 hours. Kind right. of and that's fun. I enjoy that. I enjoy the bodybuilding side of it and getting stronger and trying to get bigger, but it's not as exciting. It's not as, as fun. And most of those days I was solo, uh, fast forward a little bit. My cousins, um, opened a CrossFit gym, but one of the first CrossFit oh, gyms. Oh, it's your there. cousin. Okay, cool. That, that's where that started. And, uh, I went and they were doing this. It was a Saturday workout and they were doing this workout called fight gone bad. Have you ever heard of that? that yeah, yeah, I've heard of it. <laughs> I saw it and thought, this is it. This is exactly what I'm looking for because there's the community side, there's the competition side, there's the man, Tom. When we were working out a few weeks ago at ICAST, I wanted to beat you. I knew mm -hmm. I wasn't going to, but it pushed me to beat, to work harder, to keep pushing, to not stop. And that's what I love about the CrossFit side is you are with other guys mm -hmm. and they don't want you to beat them and you don't want to be beat by them. So we're pushing each other. Uh, and that's what I love about that, that style of working out. It's a community thing. Mm -hmm. And I work out at four o'clock uh, at four o'clock every day at the gym. And those we push, I work out with the same guys every day and we push each other, uh, same guys and girls. There's, there's it's co-ed mm -hmm. and, and we're yeah. pushing each other. Um, and that's how you get better. That's how you get stronger. Uh, and not only are you getting stronger physically, but you're getting stronger mentally. Uh, it's CrossFit is you're constantly going, this is stupid. I should stop. Like <laughs> I need to take a second and breathe. I need to take a second and get a drink of water, but you don't have that time because you're, you're right. going to people, you're pushing yourself. You have a clock. Sometimes there's a well, time. Yeah. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal develop high-quality, technically sound products, and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. 
If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. I mean, it's the, everything that you're saying is is certainly is certainly a reason that I that I like it too. I mean, you can get that community thing. I used to have a running group. I had a you know you don't want you don't want to get left behind on the running group either. You don't want to get left yeah. behind on the bicycle group either. You don't want to you know you want to keep up and you want to win and you want to you want your hard work to to show to show like you've been putting in a little extra work and all of a sudden you start winning everything and the people that you're working out with are like, man, what are you doing? Like, how did this happen? Because you we used you used to be last every time and now you're winning everything like hook me up like what are you doing oh well nothing really you know and you want to keep that little you want to keep that edge but you can get a lot of that stuff from other types of 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 fitness i mean swimming running uh even regular bodybuilding there are a lot of people that have uh groups of people that they work out with i mean you look go back and look at the old ronnie coleman videos man where him and all those other dudes would be in in that rusty old dusty gym that they were in and he's doing a 2600 pound leg press and and he's got eight or ten guys around him man they're having a hell of a time i mean they're having a hell of a time and there was a community thing there and it has been there have been a few outliers that have been able to to win the CrossFit Games and train primarily alone. Matt Frazier, Ben Smith, both of those guys, and 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 yeah, and 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 that may be that may be more of a of an individual effort. Like you put them around a group of people, and maybe they do a little bit better, but they don't need it. They don't need it. Yeah. They yeah. they go to that dark place by themselves. But they have a specific drive for that. Yeah, that know? may be very unique, very unique. But for the most part, I mean, that's what I tell a lot of people when the you know, I mean, people know that I like to work out and I post about it a lot, and and it it, it brings questions like. I don't know, over, over 18 years of, of watching the television show, people kind of feel like they know you and they're like, man, I'd really like to get in, in good shape too. And I'm always like, look, you got to find something that you like, that yeah. you like to do. And you may find a situation that you like all of the people that are there. And at first you don't really like it, what it is that they're doing. Maybe it's a tennis group or maybe it's a, maybe it's a, a, a CrossFit class or maybe it's, 
a, a running group or something and you're like, I don't really like running. But then you get in there and you're like, oh, well, this is a lot more about fellowship and support and, <laughs> and yeah, we're running. But yeah. I just talked for 45 minutes to these strangers and everybody's pouring their heart out because you got all the dopamine going and you got all this, this, all these, 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 you know, adrenaline and all kinds of other things going. And the next thing you know, you're just like having this conversation that you would never have otherwise. And, and everybody feels good. And then you're like, Oh, well maybe I still hate running, but I should be like that group. And in the last three months I've lost 20 pounds and my resting heart rate's gone down 15 beats. And, and it's amazing what the community does. It is. It really is. It's it. There is a community, a, a community aspect to it that I, that I think is, is overlooked a lot. And I, th- I see people that they start on a fitness journey. They want to do something. Their doctor tells them that they're too fat or their doctor tells them that they're, they're, they're going to have a heart attack if they keep going or whatever. And so they start this thing all by themselves and rarely does it work. Like the only people that I see that can, that do that consistently, that can start something by themselves and then see it through to the end is someone who was an individual sport athlete growing up, like take a swimmer, a wrestler, uh, a a tennis player, somebody that has put in a tremendous amount of time by themselves has already been in shape, realizes man, I really let myself down. I'm letting my family down. I'm, I've got to get back here and I know exactly how to do it and I don't need anybody else. I'm going to do it. That's a rare individual. That's a very rare individual because when you can join a community of any kind, CrossFit's awesome if that's what you like, but it's not for everybody and, and everybody doesn't have to do that. But there's a lot of other things with these communities that, it's from big help, man. I mean, it keeps you consistent. It keeps you accountable. It keeps you intense. Like, yeah. you know, when you're doing those partner workouts in, in a CrossFit gym and the other person, like there's uh, like what we're talking about is like, you know, there might be a, a workout where there's a task. You have to complete this, then you have to complete this. And you have to do that X number of times or for an X number of, of minutes. And you have a bunch of different teams that are competing together to do this task. So if me and Jonathan are partners and it's supposed to be, you know, he rows 15 calories, I um, do 15 pull-ups. And we have to continue to do this and then we'll switch at some point. Well, if I'm really slow on the pull-ups, you're watching all these other teams go ahead of you. And so at some point you're like, man, I am letting down Jonathan. I don't want to let down Jonathan. Let, I mean, Jonathan really wants to win this. I want to, I want to help him to win this. And, and that, th- that mindset's what pushes you to keep working Absolutely. That's Absolutely. And it's like, it's like this added little bit of pressure. That's also fun because then your other, your partner's like, wow, look at you go, man. You're killing it. Like, this is awesome. We're going to win this workout. I don't know. That's, that's, uh, been a, 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 I love that community aspect of it. And again, you can get it other places. You could have a relay race where you're doing the same thing running and you have your running community, but that's, I don't know. I just urge people to, to, to look for that community, man, to being active and active with other people. That's what's going to keep you engaged. It's going to keep you focused. And you know, I, and I'm trying, I'm trying not to brown nose you, but I told you at our workouts, you are, are an inspiration. You are a few years older than me, and you <laughs> are in incredible shape. 
you run circle, you ran circles around all of us younger guys and run circles around most people your age. And that, that's where I want to be. Uh, you know, I was listening to uh, Rob Fordyce talk about uh, why he works out. And he says, I want to be able to continue to push this boat all day long and be able to get in front of fish. There's all, there's all these reasons why you should be fit and healthy. And, and for me being a fishing guide, that's part of it. I have little kids or I want to be playing with them. We act with them. I want to be active with my kids. You do all kinds of stuff with your kids who are older who are in college, but you're still able to do stuff with them and not go on the, I think you just went on a crazy hike with your daughter Mm -hmm. and you're able to do those things because of the fitness level that you're at, because you are active. Right. And that's where I want to be when I'm, when at all ages, I'm a big uh, fan of uh, uh, Mike O'Haran, he's uh, the Titan and the dude's like 50 something years old. You wouldn't even know. He <laughs> looks like he's in his thirties because he's just so fit and active. And that's the kind of lifestyle that, that I want to, I want to have. Yeah. It's not, it's plus, not- plus with the, the age of your, of your child and another one on the way. Um, I made the, I made the, um, I was talking about it with my wife the other day about, um, you know, my, my daughter just went to college and one of the things that she's, you know, like she made sure that she had all her workout clothes and her running shoes and all this stuff. And she's like, okay, so I've got this schedule and this is it. When am I going to run? And she's like looking at my, you know, we're looking at the schedule together and she's like, okay, I've got this time and this time. And then there's a break between these classes. And that's when I was planning on running. And so I was just so proud of her and just happy uh, and I was talking to my wife about it and I was like, man, that is so cool that like she is trying to go ahead and schedule this time because she understands what it means to her and what it means to her success and what it means to, to, to her mental, you know, uh, health. And she learned that from watching. Well, that, yeah. And that's what I was so, that's what my wife and I were talking about. It was like, you know, I never pushed it on them. I never said, you know, you need to come down here and work out. I just did but it. By I just did it. And, and, you know, for a long time, they don't look like they're paying attention and they don't look like, you know, you, you ask them if they want to do it and they say, no, I'd rather do anything else. And they give you whatever a a nine-year-old would tell you or a 12-year-old or a 17-year-old. But then you notice these things like when they're on their own, like that's what they gravitate towards. And it is, it is a, an example thing. Like you, you lead by example and, and, you know, it's just like, it's not a, it's not drudgery. It's not like, ah, daddy has to go work out now. It's like, no, that's what I'm doing. And I need to go work out. I get to work out. Like I, and then eventually they want to do it with you. When I was teaching, we did CrossFit stuff with our elementary kids. Uh, we did CrossFit baseball a lot and we would do it out on the baseball diamond, but we made it fun. We made what is, it, what is CrossFit baseball? So you have first, second, and third base yeah. and have someone come up and then they would at each base, they had to do a different exercise. And so the kids would go and do their rotations and do the different exercises. Mm-hmm. And I would keep it simple, like air squats or a yeah. sit up or a push up, And they would be small reps, three reps, you know, mm-hmm. their kit. So, but it was fun and it was exciting and it was challenging and it was a competition between the kids. And then we'd, we'd have kids outfield, we'd have kids infield and we'd switch them out and we would just do different things with them. And so we were getting them engaged at a young age, exercising and having fun. And so when you 
when you do this in front of you model this in front of children or your own kids, as they grow older, they're going to remember, Hey, exercising is fun. And there's benefits to it, which is why your daughter's doing it. Cause she watched you do it. She sees the benefits in it uh, from, from you. So kudos to you with the great parenting. And, and that's, that's, again, that's what I want to do with my kids. It's yeah. leading by example. Uh, no matter what you're doing, leading by example, your kids are always paying attention. That's super cool. So how you, um, you got out of the, the PE. Um, how do you think, what, what's the status of PE these days? Like well, a lot of schools Florida, don't even have it. Yeah. Here in Florida, um, they, you're required to have 60 minutes of PE a week. Now that may have changed. The numbers have changed some. Uh, I don't keep up with it as much, but having 60 minutes of PE a week, when I first started teaching, I had the same kids. I, I saw every kid every single day for 40 minutes. And that was fantastic. So when you, yeah. when you add it all together, that's 200 minutes of PE a week as opposed to 60. Um, my principal, my first year was really passionate about kids being outside. There are benefits to kids being, taking a break from the classroom and going outside, getting some fresh air, getting some energy out, working on skills. Sunshine. Yeah. Getting sunshine. It really helps. Um, for the older kids, we did PE in the morning because their brains can last longer. Their attention span can last longer. So in the afternoon, when they're doing science, they can still focus. But the little kids, their focus is in the morning. So we would have the little kids in the afternoon because they can come outside and they can run around. We can, we still, they're still able to focus. We're still able to teach them skills and stuff like that. So it's just, it's really important for kids to have that moment at school to take a break from the desk, from the, from the classwork, the book work and, and just be active. And it's just, it's healthy. It's good for them. It gets their, their energy going. It gets their metabolism going. It gets them focused again. Uh, so it's really, it's a good thing. Uh, some schools are doing, um, uh, like with all everything with the pandemic, uh, I have some friends that are still PE teachers and they were filming videos, workout videos or skills videos and putting them on YouTube so their students could log in and it was virtual. Um, <laughs> That's good and all, but it's not the same as being in the classroom, being with your students and teaching those skills, the one-on-one and, and watching kids. The light bulb moments is why, right. why I did it. Watching them go from, I can't do this skill to be able to dribble basketball. That's mm. awesome. I love those moments. And that was, that was my biggest, the biggest reason why I was, I was teaching. And, and I love, I live for that. Wow. That's cool. So, yeah, PE's, PE's you ever important. miss it? No, I mean, it's a, it was um, kind of like a, like the, all the things that we've talked about, like the music was a, was a, was a, a, a door to the guiding and, and PE was, you know, kind of a similar thing. Like, but yeah. there's sometimes where, I don't know, even, even, even a crappy job has its, has its, uh, kind of bright spots. And sometimes you, sometimes you do miss certain the things bright about spots it. were the students yeah. uh, spending time with the kids. And I still get that. I, I joke all the time and say, you know, one of the greatest joys of guiding is helping kids skip school to go fishing. <laughs> so uh, I still get to take young anglers out on the boat and teach them and take them fishing and watch them light up when they catch a fish, see that light bulb moment still happens when, when they're transitioning from using a, a push button to going to a spin and reel. Mm-hmm. Um, so I still get that. And then, I taught in this neighborhood and the schools I taught at were right down the street. And I still see those students. Uh, now a lot of those elementary kids are, 
are working you know, and they're yeah. at, they're at the grocery store. I see them at the grocery store. I see them all over town and Hey, coach Moss, it's really weird. I'm not used to being yeah. called, called coach Moss anymore. Um, but it's, it's different now. And, and I don't miss, I don't miss being in the classroom. Um, but being a guide, I still get to be an educator. I still get to teach my clients yeah, for sure. Have the kids on the boats. So I still get to do PE, but it's just on the yeah. water. Well, for a long time with my kids, um, until they went to like a school that wouldn't tolerate this anymore. Um, when, when report cards came out, if they got certain grades the next day, we would go fishing, like pull them out of school, taking a sick day. We're going fishing. And awesome. dude, it was motivational. They were like, look, check it out, dad. I'll see you in the morning. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, we're going. Uh, so that was, that was super cool. Um, I just had a charter two days ago. Um, it was for a, a 14 year old boy. He's going into high school. He's passionate about fishing and his grandmother made him a deal. They booked me a couple of years ago and said, Hey, if your grades are a certain thing, we'll book you another charter with Jonathan. Sure enough. Um, we, we had some scheduling issues this summer. We got it done this week. Uh, but he had great grades uh, at school all school year. And so that was his reward. So absolutely. It's definitely Man. a reward for a lot of kids. That's terrific. So let me ask you this on a different subject. Cause I wanted to ask you earlier. Um, so when you're thinking about doing a, a TV show today, uh, which is certainly a different environment than when we started our TV show, when we started our TV show, that was the only type of TV show you could do was, was like a network TV show. There was no YouTube. There was no, um, social media. There, there wasn't anything. There wasn't even a waypoint. There wasn't anything like that. It was, you know, you or ESPN or, or, uh, OLN maybe, or, and, and even when we first started, I don't even know if there were a lot of, uh, 24 hour fishing, uh, channels. So much has changed in, in, yeah. in really what, what is a very, very short time. So the decision to, to improve the quality and go from where you were, um, where you're putting these videos up and writing about them, um, to a, a TV show, why, or, or where did you make the decision that that wasn't going to be a YouTube show and, what you were going to do and why wouldn't, why wouldn't you have chosen a YouTube show? I mean, that seems like the, the, the most obvious thing. I mean, that's, that's first and foremost in a young person's mind is, yeah, I'll be on YouTube. Like, right. So what was that process like for you? The ultimate goal was to be on waypoint. Um, truthfully, I, uh, when I first found waypoint, um, I was still teaching and it was uh, the only, I want to say the only show y'all had was Silver Kings mm. and I couldn't get enough of it. So I knew I wanted to be part of the Waypoint family. I wanted to be there. My first, our first thought for season one was going to be strictly YouTube. Um, but the door opened for us to be a part of the Waypoint family. Uh, I was not expecting that. I was totally blown away by that and, and having that opportunity. Uh, so we went after it. Being on Waypoint opened so many doors for us with viewers. It has the, the app. You can download it on any device. You know, all about that is fantastic. So you are more connected, you know, all over the world, anywhere, on any device. YouTube is a great option. Um, in fact, we put all of our episodes on YouTube, um, and not to downplay YouTube, uh, shows or YouTubers, but there are so many of them that it, you can kind of get lost 
in that world. So being just strictly on YouTube for us was like, man, it's going to be, I feel like more work because there's so many great YouTube uh, creators, sure. uh, content creators. So knew I thought for sure that's where we were going to go, but we did get picked up with Waypoint, which is the direction we went, why we went that way. Um, but YouTube is a great option. And there is all kinds of content, no matter what you want to do on YouTube. Um, but we really wanted to be a part of the Waypoint family and, and going to the streaming side uh, of television. That's oh, where we were at. You got in at a good time because what has happened since then is 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 literally amazing with the distribution, um, how Waypoint has grown with the Samsung Plus TV, which didn't even exist when YouTube when when uh, when when Waypoint was a was a thought like this is what we need to create this oh. would be really cool never in the wildest dreams did we think yeah and we could get it on you know a platform like that and wouldn't that be cool that just kind of developed right like oh what is this thing over here like Samsung has got some kind of a free network that sounds interesting let's check that out right and then the there's like 60 million Samsung TVs in, in the country. So that's like, Nuts. that's his, that's bigger than most networks, not as big as some, but bigger than most. And then Vizio, which is what you're on right now. Um, that the, there's now waypoints on watch free and there's who knows how many millions of TVs there. So all of a sudden, you know, waypoints like not only just this, um, app, but it's like a real network with real numbers that is insane. Like, like Which those numbers are insane. Yeah. So when I have these conversations with, with sponsoring companies, I can say, look at where Waypoint is, where they're going. There's, it's, it's up and to the right. It's continuing to try. The viewers are going up and to the right because Waypoint is in front of so many people. So to be on that network, that that's done. That's, that was our ultimate goal. And that's where we wanted to be. And we're so thankful to be there. And it is reflected on our numbers, our viewer numbers uh, for being a brand new show and getting the numbers we're getting. It's all connected to all everything, all the great things that Waypoint is doing. Right. That's awesome. Now they have the, the podcast too, which you should have a podcast. You're a good talker, especially like I, you did the, you did the, uh, you did the intro to this show and I was like, Whoa, that guy should either be, uh, uh have his own podcast or his own radio show too. Like you're, no, you're pretty yeah, good. Anytime to take on <laughs> any other projects. <laughs> well, at some point you have to say no. And sometimes, sometimes the best decision that you can make towards, uh, progressing in, in, you know, in a successful manner is actually saying no to opportunities that are actually pretty damn good opportunities. Right. Like, but, but taking that opportunity takes away from something that, that you're already doing. I mean, it always does. Yes. Ultimately means you're saying no to something. Right. And right now the focus is to say yes to the guiding. Cause that's what pays the bills. And then yes to filming and ultimately transition to full-time content creation um, and, and we have too many yeses out, you're not going to accomplish anything very well. Right. Uh, so we, well, that's a, that's a, there's an awesome quote by, um, a person that knows all too much about, um, having a lot of things on her plate. And it's a quote by Oprah Winfrey and, and Oprah Winfrey said, 
you can do anything that you want to do in this life. You just can't do it all at the same time. And, and she's, I mean, she's, she's a great example of that because like she had her show and then, you know, she paid, obviously paid a tremendous amount of attention. One of the most successful television shows of all time. And then, then she transitions to acting and then, you know, even then it's not like, okay, well now I'm going to do this other thing. Then she transitions to her network and to all these other things, but she's a great example. I mean, she really lived that like, yeah, I, I know I can do whatever I want to do, but I just can't do it all at the same time. Right. Yeah. Which is, it's interesting. I don't know. But when you do say, when you do say yes, you say no to a lot of things. And when you do say no, you say yes to certain things. Like, yeah. and that's where you place your effort with, with, with Rich and I, uh, there was a point in our career where we decided, okay, we're saying no, to, we were inundated with opportunity. Like what we were doing was working and other, lots of other opportunities come along and, and, you're, you're, you're really literally drowning in opportunity because as you're even trying to assess these other opportunities, like, is this something we should do? Is this something you should do? Well, you take your eye off of what it got you there. Right. And so th- we got to a point where like, look, if it's not this, we're not doing anything. We're not even going to take the time to see if it's a good opportunity. Like until this happens, nothing else happens. So it was just an immediate no. And that's when we made the biggest progress for sure. Yeah. It's uh, it's about having a, and I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to mess up the, the, the word here, but having a, a moral compass or a moral code, mm-hmm. if it, whatever you want to do, if you're trying to accomplish something, if it's outside of that realm of I'm right here, then it's not worth pursuing. Uh, and if, if it, if it fits inside of that realm, then yes, it's part of what we're doing. Cause it's part of the direction we're going. Um, so, but it, it is very, it is very difficult, um, to say no to stuff. Mm-hmm. But like I said earlier, it's, if you're saying yes to everything, you are ultimately saying no to certain things. And right now our focus is to do the best we can with these three things, family, the guy service, and then the show. Nice. Uh, and then ultimately transition out of the guide service to just the family and the show. So, yeah. So, yeah. so how do you do that? Uh, like where, what's the, what's the five-year plan, the two-year plan, the, the, how do you, how do you do that? We're making as much content as we possibly can. Um, the more content, and that was a big part of why we, uh, we did two seasons in a year. Uh, I, I know people were looking at me like I was crazy. You're doing two seasons in a year. You're brand new. Yeah. We did 21 episodes in one year and we're going to continue to go down that path because the more content we have, the more people can watch, the more new stuff people can go in and watch, which is a big part of why we're trying to release every other week. Once we start the, the season, that way people our, our viewers have a, a consistent, they know when the episodes come out, they can watch all of them. Uh, every other week when we come, when we release a new one. And so that's what we're doing. We're just trying to get out as much content as we can so that we can build a, a fan base. We can build a viewership. And then from there transition out of the guiding to full-time doing more and more of just the content creation. It's uh it's difficult. I'm juggling two full-time jobs uh, plus a family. And, uh, and that's a lot. Um, there's been a lot of sacrifice with that sacrifice with family time, sacrifice with friends. I had a conversation with a friend the other day who 
uh, we had a, we had a heart to heart. He's like, man, I haven't seen you in forever. We haven't spent any time together. And, and it's not because I don't want to spend time with this person. I do. They're one of my best friends. I was in their wedding. We're a family. Um, but you have to make certain little sacrifices to get to the ultimate goal. And, and that's, that's part of, that's part of it. It's very difficult and not the exciting part of creating television or, or anything. Uh, when you're focused and driven and trying to accomplish something, those are the little sacrifices you have to make. But um, that's that's our goal. That's what we're doing. We're we're going to drive through and, and create as much quality content as we possibly can over the next few years to hopefully get enough um, financial support from sponsors. We want not only our viewers to buy in, but our sponsors to buy in and go, yeah, we want to be a part of that show. We want to be a part of that. That's the next big thing in fishing entertainment. Um, nice. I'm not looking to become famous. I'm not, that's not, that's not the goal. The goal is to be passionate and to excite other people to become passionate about fishing and at the same time to educate them and help them become the best angler they possibly can. Uh, and if I can make a living doing that, then that's, it's, I'm, I'm already blessed and that would just make it even, that'd be the cherry on top. Well, I think you're well on your way to doing it, man. And, uh, it's not without, um, noticeable hard work and, and dedication. And, and as we learned, you know, through this conversation, uh, a work ethic that makes you want to do things that, uh, you know, other people won't or can't, or just won't like, it's awesome. So congratulations to you, man. It's really, it's really fantastic. You got another baby on the way, lots of good things happening with you in your life. Um, so if people want to join your fan base that are listening to this show, what do they do? Hey, you can watch the captain's log on waypoint TV. You can download that app on any device you have. You can visit the captain's log TV.com watch there and join us. Follow us, follow along with us on social media, the captain at the captain's log TV on Instagram and Facebook and our YouTube channel is Also the captain's log TV. Join us message me. Let's talk. I, I'm always about meeting people, uh, learning about what techniques you're using, what's helping you be successful in the water where you are. Uh, and let's, let's connect. That's, that's what this is about. All right. Well, Jonathan, man, it was great to connect with you again and learn some of your backstory, man. I didn't know about all the music and, and, and other things. It's, uh, it's, it's been a, a, a grind to get to where you are and, and, and hustle. And I love that. I love that. That is just, that's so awesome. It's a great story, man. Thank you for the opportunity, my friend. Good to see you. Thank you. you. All right. We'll see you soon. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. Six, eight Western. Oh, I'll be over there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV.